We are on Ksubis, the bottom of Chof Amabez, 20b3 in the Art School of Gemara, as we begin a new Mishnah. We are in the middle of the second parak, the second chapter, which uh, was discussing, and will continue to discuss the concept of Pesha Asar, Hua Pesha Hitter, cases where when we believe somebody or witnesses on a portion of their statement, so then there is this principle that we have to believe them on their entire statement, or we have to... Uh, believe them throughout if they, let's say, say something that would um, make things worse for themselves. So then, then we have to believe them throughout that uh, for the rest of their statement. Um, the the coming Mishnah and Gemara, uh, specifically the Gemara for this week, sort of goes on a tangent. This Mishnah, because we have been discussing a little bit about Shtaros, the concept of a halachic documents uh, and uh, the concept of ki bishtaros that if there's a concern that it's forged, so then you have to there's a process to uh, to prove its authenticity. So now the Mishnah really sort of steps away from the overall theme that we've been discussing of pesha asar to now discuss this concept of ki bishtaros. And so the Mishnah will be discussing a specific point within this concept of ki bishtaros again. This process in which we uh, prove the authenticity of a document. It's important to point out that uh, this concept of trying to prove that uh, a document is authentic, that it was signed actually by the signatures, by the by the witnesses, sorry, and it wasn't forged, this is only required on a rabbinic level. Uh, this concept is only required on a rabbinic level. On a biblical level, we, we believe that things uh, are not forged. Um, we assume that um, the person either is not able to forge uh, signatures, or they're not, they're not going to take the chance. Um, it's only required on a rabbinic level. And there's different ways in which a person could prove that, as we've mentioned in the past, that you could prove that uh, the witnesses actually signed on the document, whether that's comparing signatures to a previous document which has already been proven in court, or whether it's other witnesses coming and proving that those are the signatures of the of the witnesses. Our mission discusses a case where the witnesses themselves, they themselves come to court and they say, this is our signature. Um, and so the mission says as follows. So it's pretty clear. The following case is, there's in the, in this is the first half of the Mishnah, the first case of the Mishnah. Nobody argues about the first case of the Mishnah. If both witnesses, they come to court and they say, that's my signature, and I'm also not just testifying about my own signature, but I'm also testifying about my the other witness's signature, and that, that's also uh, correct, and that he signed it. So then, and then the other then the other witness does the same thing. So we ba- basically have a situation here where we have two witnesses, i.e. the witnesses themselves, come to court and they testify that both of their signatures are correct uh, and accurate. Uh, the next case of the Mishnah is where things get a bit tricky. And the Mishnah now discusses a case where one witness comes to court and they testify only about their own signature. Then the other witness comes to court and testifies only about his signature. So this is a very interesting case because each one testifies about their own signature. How many people do you need to have testify in general in uh, Jewish law and halacha? Generally, you need to have two witnesses. So what happens here? Right now, you only have one witness on each signature. So Rebbe says, You need to have another person come and testify at each signature. 
They themselves, we will believe them on their own signature. They're believed to say whether or not uh, they signed. But since they're not testifying for the other witness as well, so there's only one witness testifying on each signature. So Rebbe says, you need to have somebody else testify on each signature. We need to have, in Jewish law, you need to have two witnesses. Uh, so we need two witnesses on each signature. The Chachamim, and we actually follow the opinion of the Chachamim. Chachamim, no. We say that, no, a person does not need uh, another person to join. The Chachamim say that, no, even if you just have the witness himself, if he testifies and he says, this is my signature, so then he is believed. And when the other witness says that this is my signature, he is also believed. We do not have to have two witnesses on each signature. Now, it's very important to keep in mind, this is only when the witness himself is coming to court and saying, this is my signature. If we had some other person come, not connected to the witnesses, and comes and says that I recognize the signature, and I know that this is this person's signature, it does not work. That's only one witness. That would not work. It's only when the witness who signed on the document comes to court and says, this is my signature. So then according to the Chachamim, not according to Rebbe, but according to the Chachamim, we will believe that uh, one witness and uh, it will be acceptable. Uh, what is the argument? What exactly are they arguing about? The Rebbe and Chachamim, how to, what's the root of their argument? So the Gemara is about to explain, but we'll just explain it outside before we see this in the Gemara. Essentially, according to the Chachamim, when a witness himself comes to court and says, this is my signature, what are they testifying about? Are they testifying about the validity of their signature, that their signature is authentic? Or are they really testifying about something much greater? Because they were the ones who signed on the document. They're not just testifying about the fact that this was our signature. They're testifying about the fact that there was a loan. Let's say it's a loan document or a sale. They're testifying that a loan took place or a sale took place. Uh, and they're not just testifying about their signature, they're, even if they don't say so. They don't have to say that we know that a loan took place. We're just testifying about the signature. But implicit in their words is the fact that they're also testifying about what happened. And if you're testifying about what happened, if each uh, witness who signed testifies about their own signature, so then you have two witnesses in the end of the day who testify about the loan or the sale, whatever the document is, took place. Uh, because they're really not just testifying about their signature, but they're testifying about... What actually happened? Even though, again, they're not saying it. They're not using the words that we know what happened. All they're doing is coming and they're telling us um, that we signed. But because they signed, because these are not outside witnesses, but these are witnesses who actually signed on the document, so then implicit in their words is the fact that the sale actually took place. And so therefore, according to the Chachamim, you actually have two witnesses. You do have two witnesses. And that would suffice. According to Rebbe, no. Even when they come to testify, they're not testifying about the loan or the sale, they're testifying just about what they're testifying about. Listen to their words. Their words is about the fact that they signed. That's it. It's only about they signed. Each one only has one witness about uh, the fact that they signed. Rebbe says you need to add a, another witness to each signature. We need to have two witnesses on each signature. So the Gemara says, the Gemara explains this. Kitchitim to Lomar Ladive Rebbe. Moving on to Chaval of 21A1 in the article. According to Rebbe, when the witnesses testify, so they're testifying about their signature. They're not testifying about the event which took place. And according to the Chachamim, according to the majority we follow, no, when they testify, they're not just testifying about their signature, but implicit is actually they're testifying about what actually happened because they are the witnesses who signed on the document. The Gemara asks an interesting question. The Gemara says, Pshita, isn't this obvious? 
why do I need the Gemara to tell me this? Obviously, this is what Rebbe and the Chachamim are arguing about, which is actually, I don't know, it's a strange, a little bit of a strange question because, um, I don't know, maybe if you thought about it, you could figure this out, but uh, who said that this was so simple? But the Gemara says that it is obvious if you try to analyze it, so then you'll come to the same conclusion, so it's obvious. So Gemara answers as follows. No. No, who said that this is so, so simple? I could have argued as follows. I could have argued that maybe Rabbi doesn't actually hold with certainty that when the witnesses testify, they're testifying on the signatures themselves and not on what happened. And therefore he holds that you, need, you only have one witness on each signature. You need to add another one for both signatures. Maybe he's really not sure. There, you could have entertained the possibility that really Rebbe is not sure. He, he doesn't know. It could go either way. But out of stringency, because he's not sure, he's saying you need to add another person. Uh, what what difference does it make whether it's a questionable situation for Rebbe, he is not sure, or whether he knows with certainty that they're testifying about the signatures. Either way, he's, go, he's taking the more stringent approach. Uh, what's the difference? So the Gemara explains. Not because you can have a situation. Right now, we discuss a situation where if you hold like the Chachamim, you hold that they're testifying about what actually occurred, implicit in their words, they're testifying about what actually occurred, it leads to a leniency. But if you view like Rebbe that they're testifying about just their signatures, so then they, if each one just testifies, you have to add another one so that there's two witnesses on each signature. So that ends up being a leniency for the Chachamim. But we could come up with a situation where it ends up being that there's really a stringency according to the Chacham who hold that, it's ba- that when they testify, they're really testifying about what actually happened. How do we lead to a stringency according to the Chachamim? Hecha de meischad minayu. Libayishnaim anashuk lahayr alav. Deim kain. Kanafik nechi rivad de mamona apuma dechad sahada. Vahachalachamra vahachalachamra kamashalan de rabbi misha pitalei bein lekula bein lechamra. Now for the following situation, let's say we had the following situation. We had two witnesses signed on a document. One of the witnesses died. So you only have one witness who's alive. So what's going to happen? That one witness is going to come to court and say that that's my signature. They're going to prove, they're going to come to court and say this is, our sig- this is my signature. Um, and I'm also testifying that I also recognize the signature of my friend who was the other witness. So he's allowed to testify about his own signature. Acor- let's, let's say according to the Chachamim, that is from the perspective of he's fully believed uh, because he's not just testifying about his signature but about the events which took place. He's now testifying on his friend when he testifies about his friend, the other witness. So that's just one witness. He, he's, not, he's not his friend, the other witness. He's somebody else. As we pointed out in the, in the beginning, when somebody uh, has other people testify about their signature, you need two. So he's one, i.e. the witness who signed is testifying about his own signature. That's fine. Now he's testifying about his... The other witness's signature, well, you need two people for that because it's the other witness who passed away. So you bring somebody out from the outside who testifies. So what ends up happening is that there's a principle, there's a rule that when a witness testifies, when you have two witnesses who testify, so then uh, they have to provide at most 50% of the testimony has to come out of each, uh, each witness. You can't have more than 50%. What ends up happening here is is that we end up having an interesting situation here where 75% of the testimony really comes out of one person, i.e. the witness who is alive. Because he's believed to testify about his own signature, according to the Chachamim. 
That's 50% of the, of the testimony. Then he's allowed to be one of two people who testify about his friend, the other witness's signature. So he's basically testifying on 75% of the testimony. We, there's a general rule. We cannot rely on one witness to provide 75% of the information. Um, and he's providing 75% of the information. So that cannot happen according to the Chachamim. And so if Rebbe was really not sure and he's just being stringent, so then he should also be stringent in this case because this actually leads to a stringency. According to the Chachamim, what would you have to do when the witness who's alive testifies about his own signature? He is not allowed to testify about the other's signature because then that would give him more than 50%. You would then have to get two other people, not just one, but two other people to testify on the other person, on the person who passed away, his signature, so that the one who is alive is not testifying on more than 50%. Uh, that's what you have to have. But the Gemara says it's not true. That's why the, the, the Gemara tells us that according to Rebbe, again, according to Rebbe, it's not that he's just not sure and he's stringent in both directions. No, he is sure. He knows with certainty that uh, they're not testifying on the case, not testifying on the situation. They're testifying only on their signatures. If they're only testifying on their signatures, Rebbe is of the opinion that when, when, when one witness says, this is my signature, he needs to have somebody else with him. He needs somebody else with him to... Um, uh, to uh, to testify and to uh, and to say that uh, there are two sig- two witnesses on each signature because they're testifying on the signature and that's the position of Rabbi and so then that's according to Rabbi that's what would be necessary um, in all cases really in all cases the Chachamim they're more lenient in certain cases and more stringent in certain cases in cases where in general the Chachamim are the opinion that you could just say each witness could just say this is my signature. And that's fine because now we have two people who are testifying on what happened. In a situation where one of them passed away, so then you would have to have two outside witnesses um, testify on the person who passed away, his signature. You need to have two outside witnesses. Uh, but that's not the case for Rebbe. We'll see a little bit more in the Gemara. The Gemara now says, Basically, this is what we just said was a statement by Rav that according to the Chachamim, who we follow, as we're going to see, we follow the Chachamim. In this situation where one of the witnesses passed away, so then you need to have two people from the outside come to testify on the signature of the witness who passed away. You cannot have the person who's alive testify because then he'll end up having 75% of the testimony, again, all according to the Chachamim. As we continue on Chaf Aleph Amin Aleph 21A2 now in the art scroll, the Gemara now says, What happens if you cannot find two witnesses? What happens if you can't find two witnesses to testify on the person who passed away his signature? What do you do then? Which is a very strange question. What do you mean, what do you do then? I don't know. What do I do? Anytime I don't have two witnesses. If we can't find two witnesses, we can't find two witnesses. Then we just have to uh, wait. Either wait or or it's not viewed as... uh, as an authentic uh, document, halachic document. Uh, so the commentators they point out that no, because really we, as we point, we mentioned this in the beginning. On a biblical level, we accept the fact that uh, it's a good document. We're not concerned that it's forged. It's only required on a rabbinic level to prove its authenticity. And this is a situation where the witness himself testified that his own signature is accurate, and he really wants to testify about the other witness, but we don't let him from a halachic perspective. But in the end of the day, this is all rabbinic, and uh, we want to have certain leniencies. We want to make sure that this is a good document. So if there's only a one other person who could, who could confirm and verify 
the signature of the witness who passed away. Is there anything else we could do? Let's try to figure out something. So the Gemara answers, yeah, there's something that we could do. Amar Abaye. Abaye says, Lichtov chasimas yadeh achaspa v'shadi le bebeidino v'mechaske le bebeidino What's the whole situation here? Why do you need to have two according to the Chachamim testify uh, on the second signature? Because otherwise, if the witness who's alive testifies, he ends up having 75% of the testimony. So we have a solution. There's a way to get out of the problem. Instead of him coming to court and testifying on his own signature and saying, this is my signature, and therefore he's automatically 50% of the testimony right there. No. Have him just sign in court or sign in front of witnesses. Sign his own signature. They'll bring it to court. And the court themselves, it won't be based on his testimony. The court themselves will come to the conclusion by seeing both signatures and saying, oh, this must be a signature. But it's not based on his testimony. We get out of the technical problem of the fact that he's testifying on 50% of the, of the testimony and then it ends up being 75% when he testifies on his friend. No. He's not testifying about his own signature. He's just writing it down and sending it to court. So we, we found this sort of loophole where he's not testifying because he's just sending a signature to court and the court verifies it. So then he can now testify on his friend. His friend is, 20, his, is 25%. You have another witness who already knows about it. Who's another 25%. Everything is good and great. So that's what they say you should do. Let him sign on a document. The Gemara now, we have a few more lines, has an interesting statement here. Vidafka achaspa of The Gemara says this only applies when we tell them to sign. Where should a person sign their name? So they say only write on a shard. Why on a shard? Because in general, when you sign on a shard, we say that a shard cannot be used as uh, as the background for a halachic document. It's too easily easy to get forged. We tell people you could sign on a shard because you can't use that in court anyways. You can't use it. what's going to happen. You sign on an empty piece of, of shard. What's the concern? That somebody else is going to write that uh, you owe me money and this is you're signing the, the document? No, the court doesn't accept a shard anyways. It's so easily forged. Of a Megilt low. So therefore, therefore, you could sign on a The point is you could sign on a shard because nothing's going to happen. We're not concerned for anything. But to sign on a scroll, on an empty scroll, there's a concern. Don't be stupid. Because what could happen if you sign on an empty piece of paper, on an empty scroll, somebody else could come along and write, I am the person who signed and I owe such and such money to, to such and such person. And now that's a good document where you yourself signed your own document. Uh, so we say, don't sign on an empty scroll. A scroll could be used in court because it's not easily forged. Um, and so therefore, we tell you, when you sign your signature, only sign on a place where you know you will not get messed over um, by having other people just write a document on top of it. Uh, the, the Mepharshim, the commentators, they point out that there's other ways you could do it, even on a scroll, if you sign on the very top line. Uh, nobody could write anything above it, so there's no concern. You have to get out of that concern. Because Because a document, the point is that there's such a concept of an IOU. You could sign a, on a document and somebody else, you could say, I owe such and such person money sign the document, and that's halakhically valid. So we're concerned that somebody else will see this empty uh, scroll that has your signature on it and right on top of it. I owe somebody money. I owe, right? And uh, so to get out of that, don't ever sign on on, on an empty scroll. Um, be smart about it. So therefore, when you sign, when, these, when this witness signs his name, make sure that it's on a shard. Okay. In the end of the day, we follow the chachamim, where... 
the witness, the witnesses themselves could come to court and testify in their own signature. And that's viewed as two witnesses because ultimately, implicitly, they're testifying on what happened, not just on their signatures. The Gemara says, obviously, we follow the Chachamim, Ma Pshita, Yachid Rabbi Malachik Rabbi. They're the majority. Rebbe is the minority. No. You might have thought that since we follow the opinion of Rebbe over his colleagues, so then maybe even over the majority, in the end of the day, no. The halacha follows the majority. The majority are the chachamim who say that they're testifying when the witnesses themselves, not other people, but when the witnesses of the, of the document themselves come to court and say, this is our signature, they're also implicitly testifying about what actually happened. We'll continue with the Gemara in the next recording.